Welcome to the Breckenridge Podcast. I'm John Bastoni, one of the traders here at Breckenridge. Today I'm joined by Karim Galani, one of our portfolio managers on the taxable side. And we're going to start today with talking about corporates. We have three themes that we're going to talk about today. The first one being performance. So corporates, you know, had a tough month in October. Curious how that how the month of November played out. That's right. So corporates posted negative excess returns again in November due to the uncertain state of the tariff negotiations, sharply declining oil prices, and rising concerns over Brexit, as well as the Italian fiscal situation. So taken together, volatility increased in November. This was actually the largest um, monthly excess return loss for corporates since January of 2016. IG corporate spreads widened 17 basis points during the month. IG corporates did outperform high-yield corporates, however, but treasuries, supras, and local authorities were among the best performing sectors within fixed income as they benefited from a flight to quality. You know, it's interesting that this, despite the underperformance, we continued to see record amounts of supply coming month after month. Yep. We saw supply come in last month at about $89 billion versus $54 billion last month and $72 billion in November of 2017. I assume that led to some greater new issue concessions? Yeah, so new issue concessions did increase during the month by an average of two basis points. But remember that October, new issue concessions also uh, increased significantly. So overall, issuers are definitely paying a little bit more than they would have um, to come to the market. On the uh, supply side, it was definitely a negative technical. And then also on the demand side, we saw fund outflows from high-grade bond funds. Uh, there were about a, bill- a little less than a billion this month. Most of those outflows came from intermediate to long bond funds, but short-duration bonds actually uh, had positive inflows. We had negative supply-demand technicals in November. I want to turn to some sector-specific stories that we, we saw play out in November. The main theme, uh, one of the main ones I believe that played out was the decline in oil prices. Um, WTI oil declined over 20% during the month to $50 a barrel. And how did that affect the various um, energy subsectors? That's right. So it was a tough month for uh, WTI oil prices. So I would say spreads in the oil field servicing sector, which includes names like Schlumberger and Halliburton, uh, that was the worst performing sector during the month. Independent energy also fared pretty poorly. So names such as Occidental and EOG Resources spreads also widen there. Uh, overall, generic spreads in both sectors were between 25 to 30 basis points wider during the month. So pretty meaningful. That does seem like a large intramonth move. Most energy names are, are rated in the triple B bucket. Um, so I would assume that has led to some spread tiering between the, the triple Bs and the single A spreads that we've seen lately. That's right. They are The energy sector tends to be a little bit more skewed to triple Bs. So because we've seen spreads widening in the energy space, the, the spread between triple Bs and single A's is also widened during the month. So now it stands at 63 basis points, which is actually the biggest difference in two years. Uh, the average for the year is about 47 basis points, so we're definitely higher than the average uh, so far this year. This is a sign that the market is beginning to uh, really differentiate between single A's and triple B's more in terms of credit risk in a post-QE world than they did before. Lastly, were there any credit-specific stories of note in November? Yes, this month uh, was PG&E, Pacific uh, Gas and Electric. Uh, This month they were sued by multiple victims of the campfire, which was the largest and most destructive fire in California history. Rating agencies have also responded with S&P downgrading PG&E to triple B minus and placed the company on credit watch negative on the increased wildfire risk. Moody's downgraded PG&E to BAA3 and kept the rating on review for downgrade. 
So typically, utilities are able to recover costs from natural disaster damages such as hurricanes, floods, etc. However, in California, um, it's only one of two states that operates under what's called an inverse condemnation rule, which basically means that the utility is liable for property damages, legal fees, and firefighting costs if their equipment is merely found to have contributed to the fire, even if the equipment was in good working order. So if gross negligence is found in this case, parties can also sue for lost business income and other damages. So the stock, PG&E stock, was down as much as 60% uh, this month. It looks like they're going to be on the hook for you know billions, maybe tens of billions of dollars for this wildfire. And they're already um, on the hook for $15 billion from wildfires that occurred in 2017. That's a lot of detail. Thank you for that, uh, specific to PG&E. Great. So let's turn to the securitized market. So performance was also obviously a big theme there. Can you tell us what happened within the MBS and ABS market this month, John? Yeah, November got off to a rough start for mortgage-backed securities, and it was really a spillover from October with the major themes being realized interest rate volatility, really shooting higher into the broad interest rate sell-off, but perhaps the most importantly, the net supply demand imbalance. And part of this is just the first part being the organic net supply picture, which is simply mortgage loans being securitized into mortgage-backed securities. And then the other part is the Fed balance sheet runoff, which we've discussed numerous times in this podcast. And just to remind our listeners that the Fed is effectively net buying zero of mortgage-backed securities for the first time in multiple years. Mortgages did rebound late in the month following Fed Chair Powell's speech in which the market interpreted as dovish and provided a boon to all spread products, including mortgage-backed securities. MBS ended the month flat to Treasuries on an excess return basis, despite being down 17 basis points as late as the 23rd of November. So we had a pretty nice rally from there. Turning to ABS, really despite all the volatility over the past two months, ABS continues to be a relative safe haven. We have no real notable headlines in the, in the prime space. And to end the month, ABS produced only negative two basis points of excess returns on, to end the month. Interesting. So you mentioned organic net supply as a, a very important part of the overall supply-demand equation for mortgage-backed securities. Are there any leading economic indicators that you use to gauge um, net supply and what that's going to be like in 2019? And also, can you tell us, you know, what is organic net supply and what is what what significance does that have for MBS? Yeah. So or- organic net supply is simply the creation of mortgage-backed securities from mortgage loans that are originated and then securitized into those pools. At the end of the day, if there's higher supply, that means more mortgage-backed securities are going to need to be absorbed by the market, and that leads to wider spreads. To back up and answer your first part of the question about the um, the economic indicators that we look at, the first part is, well, it, it certainly helps that we're entering the slow seasonal part of the year. Winter, historically, from a home sales and refinancing activity is very slow, but there are some economic indicators that we do look at to monitor for clues on possible future home supply. First being the National Association of Home Builders. This index printed a 60 last month versus expectations of a 67, and the index printed a 68 in October, so we did see the largest one-month decline since February of 2014. Second, housing starts came in at up 1.5% versus 2.2% expectations. But if you look in the details there, it's it's the single-family component declined 1.8% month over month. So the headline gain that we saw there was driven almost entirely by the multifamily component. And just to remind our listeners, agency mortgage-backed securities are made up entirely of the single-family loans. 
Third, existing home sales most recently posted a 1.4% gain versus a 1% gain expectation. And the headline gain is, is great, but it was actually the first rise in seven months. Um, and lastly, new home sales for October dropped sharply at negative 8.9% month over month. But perhaps the most concerning part of this report was the acceleration in the month supply to a 7.4 level, which is a level we have not seen since early 2011. So overall, it looks like a pretty uh, mixed picture for, for supply. Uh, we have the Home Builders Index, which is down. Housing starts are down. Existing home sales are slow and steady, uh, but they're, you know, it's not double-digit gain by any, by any means. So what does that tell you about kind of organic net supply for 2019? Yeah, so at the end of the day, the, there's no denying that the housing fundamental picture is weaker and continues to weaken. Um, but these indices that I mentioned, in and of themselves, they don't solve the net supply problem that the market is facing. But they could potentially point to lower organic supply. Right now, early estimates for net organic supply, which again is the first part of the equation, are about, for 2019, are about 225 to 250 billion. Fed runoff, which is the second part of the equation, should peak next year and add about another 175 to 200 billion on top of that. The forecast for 2019 seems like it's pretty flat to 2018. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. But, you know, we are, just to remind our listeners, from a net supply picture, agency mortgage-backed security sector is facing, we still are operating in a very high supply environment. Got it. Thanks. Well, thanks, everyone, so much for tuning in to our monthly Breckenridge podcast. Join us next month when we'll wrap up 2018 and opine on what's to come in 2019.